welcome to the Mad Trio podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens, Hello. and Rob, the old guy who's dropped seriously just disappeared again. I, uh, one uh, of these days. Well, at least get my last name. He just name keep right. on dropping his drop. Yeah, he does. He drops my drop. I know. This is <laughs> so. Talk about something that won't be drop drooping soon. Erectile dysfunction drug mix up with depression <laughs> medication causes nationwide product recall. It's a uh, a Tennessee based pharma pharmacological company announced Wednesday that it that it's volunteering recalling two drugs, one that treats ED and the other depression, after a product a product mix up. The results in the medication being inadvertently packaged together when they were bottled by a third party facility, a Russian roulette. You can either be depressed ha- with an erection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's spin the wheel. What are you going to get? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that one's a, that makes for an awkward evening. Uh, yeah, it could be, huh? Especially if they're sitting there with your pastor and, you know. You know. So let's talk about your depression, sir. Uh, can you adjust that so I don't yeah. stare at it? <laughs> you mind make... turning your back to me? I don't really. <laughs> You're going to make your vicar very uncomfortable. Oh boy. So we were talking <coughs> before the show, something that I thought was interesting that I thought would be worth the discussion. And, uh, this was something James was mentioning. So I'm going to James, you're up. Yeah. Uh, what we were discussing beforehand was the fact that the restaurant industry is basically in the death rows of because of all these shutdowns and the fact that, I mean, we don't know what we can do. Half the time we can open up. Yeah. And yeah. It's like one minute open up, inside, next minute close down. Yeah. And then four or five days later, we have to close down and possibly do to-go orders. And so, I mean, the thing about the restaurant industry is consistency is how you sell. If people don't know what to expect, they're not going to show up. So if yeah. they don't know if you're going to be open too, they're not going to show up either. So it's just, it's really screwing all these little tiny mom and pop places because as far as I can tell, it doesn't seem to really be affecting fast food joints, except for the fact that fast food joints are getting more, uh, probably doing a lot more revenue than they used to because that's about all that's open if you want to, grab something quick that you don't have to cook yourself. Well, it seems like you need a drive through. So if you, if you have a business, yeah. you know, it's a food related business and you have a drive through, that's your only answer. Uh, <coughs> I was, uh, looking at the few of the, um, drive through businesses in our, our area. And, uh, they, they all seem to be booming where unfortunately the smaller restaurants, the boutique style restaurants that I prefer to, go to, yeah. uh, you know, they're, I can't blame them. Some days they're closed when you want them to be open and you go and they're not there. And so that doesn't help. And then the only thing you can do is, you know, uh, pick up, take out whatever, you know, you want to call it. And I, I drove by in and out on yeah. my way home, um, last week. And this is about seven, seven thirty at night. And there were like 30 cars in the line. I know. In and out, and in so, and out has just been in our areas. has <clears> been going crazy. I, I did. And I don't know how many people know this. There used to be something called an automat. Basically it was kind of, it was basically fast food, basically machines. Well, yeah, but well, the, the, the traditional like classical twenties automat was basically you walk in a building, put in a couple of bucks into the machine, lift up the door and then pop it out. And so I think the vending machine, like they do in Japan, may end up being do you think that would end up replacing to some degree because i don't know i mean as far as i know those have never really been popular uh you never really see them much anymore and and i mean i, I don't know if they're a thing in, Japan. In, in at least 15 years well, everything i've seen on i know granted this is youtube so everything i've seen on youtube that's new or current or or maybe it's just Westerners, because you always see a lot of Westerners going on to all these. Um, well, <laughs> they go all, visit Japan and they go to automats. That well, makes there's a lot of like, sense. No, there's like these these grouping or buildings of um, 
vending machines and there's all these wacky products and there's all these, you know, just standard food items. So they, they seem to be all over the place. But the one thing I don't know is how common do, is that everybody, everyday people use these. I like, have no clue. There's an old, my favorite YouTube video, there's an old guy who has a hot curry vending machine and he grows his own rice huh. and it's like, well, damn, now I want curry. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, you know, who knows what the, you know, what the picture is going to look like down the road here, here we, you know, this is going to lead from, we're going for the food business. I'm going to lead into this vaccine that supposedly is going to be the great savior of the, of the world, which I think still has a lot of questions about it. And of course, probably get a fair amount of hate mail once we start bringing up the fact that, Hey, I still am not sure that this is a tried and true vaccine, no matter what they say. Um, I, I've got a doctor. Go keep going. Keep going. I have a doctor friend <laughs> that I just talked to who's saying, Hey, you know, I'm being forced to take this vaccine because I'm, you know, I'm a first responder. I'm a doctor. I'm working in, in a hospital. I have to take this vaccine. He says, but I don't really want to take this vaccine. There's a number of reasons he, he named one. No. Well, I mean, first of all, this is the first time, first type of vaccine of its kind ever. Uh, it, it was formulated and put together completely different than anything else. Number two is he starts talking about one of the problems with the vaccines that we have now is that they're either uh, full of, well, not full of, they either have some mercury or now the newer vaccines are all preserved with aluminum. He says another metal you don't really want, you know, so I, so there's another issue that's, that people aren't talking about. And um, so we've got a lot of unanswered questions going on with this and you know, jump back to the food industry. What in the world are we going to do to be able to get the food industry back when you have a governor of state in our case, California, who does says, I, you know, do what I say, not as I do. Right. Yeah. He was caught eating out at a restaurant after telling all of us that we couldn't do it. He's bopping around everywhere, getting his 10 minutes of fame on television, just standing there. You know, he's standing there. I, I looked at an image of him, his arms crossed. He's standing there, and he's watching the first supposed uh, nurse in the state of California getting her vaccine. What the hell is he doing there? Well, that could be— You know, his—, his That could it, be construed to play the devil's advocate. Would that be, would be construed as him being the leader, being showing— uh, you know, doing the, the presidential That's thing. His, and Yes, you're right. That's his two minutes of fame I mean, every, that he wants to get every five minutes. I mean, every governor and every president wants their their time yeah, to shine. But I think this is the time, and I heard a guy on television today talk about, if you want to make me feel better about getting the vaccine, then you damn well better have movie stars, politicians, everybody there lined up with their sleeves rolled up getting those vaccines first. And then let me see what yeah. happens to them. I want to see Carter get it. And the only reason why is because he's the he's the oldest, I think he's one of the oldest living presidents. No, he is the oldest, not one of them. Oh, I wasn't sure if he was or not. But if he does it and he's fine, and Carter, I've actually more impressed with Carter. Granted, I wasn't alive during his presidency. I'm more impressed, <laughs> well, I'm more impressed by the man now than reading about his presidency. Hey. Well, yeah. Jimmy was a very nice person. There was you you could not say one bad thing about him. But he was a horrible president. So I, I wanted to. <laughs> you know, to... that's what you say about your fat cousin <laughs> when you're trying to hook him up with somebody. <laughs> there you go. It's a really it's nice guy. Really, really nice. <laughs> but. <laughs> eh, you know, to let you know there's this little problem. But don't you're worry gonna, about it. He'll you're get gonna, over You're going to need the flatbed to pick him up. But he's a wonderful person. <laughs> um, I, I did want to <laughs> mention so I heard that the, R, that the vaccine was an RNA vaccine or an mRNA vaccine messenger rna vaccine this is via wikipedia right. the bastion of all knowledge yeah, yeah. so mileage may vary the bastards of all knowledge so it's a type of vaccine that uses a man-made copy of the natural chemical called messenger rna to produce an immune response the vaccine trans transfects molecules of the synthetic rna into human cells once inside the cells the vaccine's rna function as mrna causing cells to build foreign protein that would normally be produced by pathogens pathogens such as virus or cancer cells um, it's an interesting bit. I don't want to read the whole thing because to be completely honest, I don't completely, uh, understand it. 
uh, type an RNA, the uh, Wikipedia uh-huh. comes on there. There's actually a bit that talks about efficiency of RNA vaccines for COVID-19. It says it's unclear why the novel uh, COVID vaccine for Madeira uh, and Biotech have shown potential rates of 90 to 95%. So there is more information on there. Um, so I, uh, as, as Rob was saying, you know, it, it, it's untested. This is one of the first ones of its kind. And no potential to use this for fighting cancer and other things. I God, I, you know, this is the perfect zombie movie uh, lead-in that I've ever heard. Let's, you know, everybody take this vaccine and turn you into a zombie. You know, I've seen so many memes out there. And, you know, I got to say, the interesting thing about the, living in this 2019-2020 thing is you can really tell the thought process of a lot of people now by just the memes that get pumped out now. <laughs> and what I keep seeing now are all these ones about that. If you take the vaccine, yeah, it's, you're more looking at a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny thing. Cause I mean, it feels really like it. It's just, country. Yeah. it just feels yeah. like all those movies and books that I've read. <laughs> That so, leads it starts in with everybody's got to get this shot. So, because <laughs> now that you say that, I'm thinking about a couple of things. Either Mila Jokovic shows up in a red dress, you've got Will Smith, <laughs> or, you, or, yep. or or you got a, a a redneck wearing high, show, uh, you know, like uh, Daisy Dukes drinking moonshine. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Trauma. Well, that's the thing I keep saying is a lot of the I Am Legend ones. Uh, the Will Smith movie of people are taking this vaccine and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So I know it's an interesting thing that I haven't seen. I've also seen it as a rainbow being the ones that are delivering the vaccine. And that's the, the Mila Jokovic one for people who don't know what right. that one would be. Right, but right. Funny, huh? It's an interesting thing that that's exactly what a lot of people are thinking is that's what it's going to end up being. I know. I know. I can't help it. I just, that's just the way my brain's going. I'm going, no. I, you know, I don't know, but you know, we were back to the, to the restaurants and and the whole situation. And yeah, yeah, it's screwed up for a lot of people. I mean, um, we're really only running basically two to three people right. in the restaurant to to cover the shift, and I'm even looking at how much we're making a day, and I'm like, "Is it worth this, it?" It's not covering overhead. Yeah, that's really what a lot of people are gotta think of. Is I mean, out of being open seven days a week, last weekend we might cover overhead maybe four four out of the seven days. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tough thing, and I and I don't blame our my boss for even having to think like, can I even financially do this? Right. So do you? Which th- I know it breaks her heart to think like that, but you know I think of it as an employee. I think of it all the time. It's, you know, can can is this financially stable for her to do this? Because I mean. That's my job. <laughs> I yeah, I know. That. You know, but you're right because look at all your your, your restaurant is not in is not alone. I mean, yeah. in, in our area, we we have a lot of small boutique restaurants. We lost five restaurants this year. We did. Five. Oh wow, yeah. that I didn't know. So, yeah. does mm. this mean the um, waffle the waffle shop is the most recent one? Oh, really? The one yep, in, they're gone. They are closed for that's, good now. That's what killed it. Wow. Yep. Damn. They had a dedicated following, believe it or not. I, you know, I used to eat there uh, for a couple of years, at least, you know, once or twice a month I would eat there. Yeah. And, I mean, they weren't the best, but, you know, for a waffle place, they were uh, pretty decent. They did okay. They made an okay waffle yeah. and a couple of eggs. It's not that yeah. difficult. So, you know, I agree. I used to, you know. When I was going over the facility, it's just down the street from them. I would stop in in the mornings and, you know, have yeah, a quick I mean, breakfast and done. That's too bad. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. So I, I, I was too. I, I have well, a, a question because I just thought about this. You know, um, when they rebooted um, Pizza Hut, they basically were these little tiny um, takeout style restaurants. You mm-hmm. know, there were no dining facilities like they were back 
in, in our youth. Do you think that's going to be something, this more f- small format, more cookie cutter? Lower the overhead is the only way you're going to survive. I mean, you know, that might be it. That might be what comes back. But I just got to say, it's a sad thing to think of how many actual restaurants are gone or in their death throes right now because of this. And I mean, it's just a tough situation because we also have to look at it as a, I mean, it sucks for this whole social distancing thing, but you know, it's, yeah. So even, even chain restaurants aren't immune to this. Cause, uh, did I not just read the other day that, uh, Olive Garden is completely gone. What? Oh, wow. Yep. Ah, damn. Yeah. So well, AMC basically said they're going to run out of cash soon. And that's one of the reasons why they were, and it's not a, a restaurant, but I know they were bitching because of, yeah. um, of Warner brothers. So uh, this mm-hmm. is, so yeah, I don't know because you know Regal shut down every movie theater. They they did that weeks ago, uh, three four weeks ago, and just you know I don't know what they're gonna are they you know how long can they just sit there with the rents that still do every month? So yeah. here's now here's a question I guess if you had say somebody handed you twenty million dollars after COVID was over, what business do you think would make it? Because here's my thought, and here's here's kind of what I think we should base it off is is Vegas, right. here I come, baby. Give me well, $20 million. <laughs> Put it on red. I was going to say no, ride, no, the, ride the red line. Watch out for 7-Elevens. Um, one, I think with people staying home now, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be as much now as far as work, but I do think it's going to be more common where people are going to be allowed to go to work. So you're going to have uh, a decrease in certain things, you know, whether around businesses, food places. I, I think with less restaurants and other things are going to be uh, unavailable, maybe less entertainment options. So I think it's going to be a lot more based around home. So I think places like that ride sharing food service, I think is definitely going to stay around for a while. And I think it'll, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be as big, but I do think it's going to be there for the long term Cause I think once you get people used to things, they're going to do talking it. about like Uber eats and yeah, Uber DoorDash eats. and exactly. You know, I have not personally done either of those, so I have no idea. Well, we I- don't really have those up here. I think we have... Grubhub. No, we Grubhub. have Grubhub. Yeah, there's another one. They Because they do that up where I'm from. That yeah. Allegedly, there's a, got people who do it from around where That's I am. That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard- well, we were looking at that this week at, at the restaurant, is getting on one of those. And I think it was the Post, whatever, Postmate mm-hmm. might have been the name. Yeah. I think that one is available in this area, but nothing. So what I heard, heard about them, at least now, I don't know which, which one of them, but they take 30% of the ticket. They do. They do. (laughs) I mean, what's left? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, so now you got to raise your price so high that people are going, I'm not going to order that. Well, I think, I think that's, what's going to happen though. In some ways until somebody figures out about, or restaurants, um, this is a super shitty example. Excuse me. Like Applebee's makes their own service. So you have Applebee delivers. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's, or you do maybe like Amazon does and they have a lockbox outside. It's a warm lockbox for you. You know, <laughs> you know, like half. I could see that. That's a clever idea. You know, let's like, go ahead and put your pizza in the lockbox over there in Safeways. Yeah. <laughs> where the Amazon boxes. It's like, it's, it's warm and you know, you have to just. Enter the combination. Got to make sure it's a warm cubicle, though, right? Exactly. They put it in, not not the refrigerated one. No, they're going to put that light that they put over that roast (laughs) beef that's been there for an hour. It sits there forever, right? Um, Get some more rubber rubber chicken going. I don't know. I I think. uh, I mean, I think John might be onto something with uh, that. I mean, it's got to be something like that where you have somebody who provides a service to the restaurant to get to the customers. And that's really what it has to be. And that sucks because that's got to, it's going to up the prices of everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, one of the things they teach you when you go through culinary school. The more hands that touch your food through the process, more processing it goes through, the more expensive it's going to be at the end. Makes sense. The, the other yeah. thing so, is, oh, sorry. But it's just another thing that's going to have to happen. And I think in that sense, it's going to continue to deteriorate the desire mm-hmm. for going out to eat. Mm-hmm. And you may be right. 
the the only reason why I'm hoping I'm wrong because I have another idea too is is the fact that there's still this there's still a need to go out. So I still think there's that desire to leave your house because a guy who maybe got out once a month, I miss that. Like because right now all I do is work home, work home, and people need that little break. Whether it's the well the movies, what's going out. So I guess the question is, what's gonna and if it was 20, 30 years ago, I'd say, oh, okay, uh, uh, drive-ins are going to make a comeback. But with land being as expensive as it is, I don't see that coming. I see pop-ups being more popular, but I don't see dedicated drive-ins yeah. coming around. Yeah, it, it may be, you may be right about that. Um, I still want drive-ins back. Yeah, I think I think it would be nice, <laughs> but I don't know. I think John's right. It may, may appear more as pop-ups. Yeah, it may be more as pop-ups. Because pop-ups make a lot of sense to me versus... sure. I mean, if, you, if they don't have to spend a lot of money on infrastructure, that's the whole idea of a pop-up, right? Is, you know, you're not spending a ton of money to be able to make some money. So, yeah, I mean, well, find a field somewhere. Yeah, or, or <laughs> like an old arena, like Arco Arena out in Sacramento or... Well, that's now a medical facility. <laughs> Is it still? I thought they abandoned that. No, they opened it back up with yeah. the surge happening. Well, perfect. Uh, they have an audience. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> A captive, yeah, a captive audience. A captive audience. Between all the respirator yeah. sounds, let's hear this, watch this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's I bad. mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke with as bad as that acoustics are in Arco Arena, everybody's going to be deaf. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's. it's uh, so part of. This is going to sound funny, but a lot of times uh, with my wife and I, we go out to eat because we have um, home cooking fatigue. You know, you get uh, to a point yeah. where you just get tired of cooking, you know, and you just want. No, I, I, I completely understand. Yeah. And it's like, hey. I feel like a mechanic most of the time, you know, like yeah. I've heard so many of her mechanics saying when you're, when you're off work, you don't want to go home and work on a car. Yep. <laughs> That's, That's right. I want to do when I get, when I get off work is come home and all of a sudden just go right back in the kitchen. Yep. Yep. No, I, you, <laughs> you know. know. And it's, you know, for us, it was like, I don't know, it was a way to get out. It was a way to socialize. It was a way to, you know, because we, we had all the small restaurants, you know, the, the smaller places. We didn't, yeah, yeah, once in a while we'd go to Applebee's. Not my favorite place, but, but you know, it's, uh, you know, you try to find the nice boutiques. You know, by the way, and, and this won't be for anybody unless you're in our local area. One thing I didn't understand recently, and maybe a listener can tell me, the Starbucks on Broadway. You know where the Starbucks yeah. is on Broadway? Yep. It's closed. I do. It's closed. Closed? Closed. Permanently? Still? Well, went by, lights are off, signs in the door. Uh, sure. Nobody, you know, the way that is that, that had a drive through was always yeah. backed up, <laughs> always busy. I know I'm acquaintances with somebody who are friends with somebody who works, who, who has worked for the, the Bucks in the past. I'll have to see if they know yeah, anything. Yeah, I don't get it. So I went by there about a month ago Got and it. they were, they were closed and I looked at it and it said that they were just temporary. I wonder if it's become permanent. Well, it's a long temporary because that's, I just yeah. saw it uh, two days ago. So, huh. uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it surprised the heck out of me because I mean, there's no, they're not franchises, so it's not like, okay. Maybe the one, wait, are there not maybe the one with, uh, over off of Missouri flat, like kind of shut them down. Oh, geez. You, you know what it probably is now that I'm thinking about it. And it's just, just, this <clears throat> might be a, this might be a true or may not. Now that Starbucks is everywhere. It's in your local grocery store. It's in there. Maybe because there's so much contraction in the amount of people going out and buying coffee and pastries that those things were starting to really eat their lunch. I don't know. As long as it's drive through, I don't understand. I never saw that Starbucks slow, <laughs> slow every ever. And don't forget that's on the other side of town. So yeah, if yeah. you're going somewhere off of, you know, the Safeway shopping center where you have a big Starbucks all by itself, a Starbucks within Safeway across the street, you have Starbucks in the target. I mean, you know, yeah, okay, so you got three Starbucks right there. Um, yeah, that's just crazy to me that they have. Uh, like I know, that. unbelievable. <laughs> well, it's like when we went to when we uh, oh, you say Seattle? When Rob uh, took my my sister and I to uh, Canada for family vacation, oh. I remember it was an airport or mall. I don't remember, but it was literally it was it, it reminded me of Telegraph Avenue 
in Berkeley, except when head shop and food places, it was Starbucks and Thomas Kincaid galleries. Because like all four corners, that's what you saw. It's like, so apparently Canadians really love Thomas Kincaid because I don't know a whole lot of people personally that liked the guy. Well, there, you know, the, the thing about <clears throat> Starbucks, especially if you go in the Seattle area, is that the joke was there was literally a Starbucks in every corner. And when you worked in downtown yeah. Seattle, that literally was the truth. I, I don't know how they did it. Hmm. But... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. You know, that's the thing about like uh, Southern California when I was down there. Is I mean, yeah, there was, there was literally Starbucks everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. I keep hoping and for I a mean, Dutch Brothers to come here. See, that's the benefit where I live in. Yeah, I live, you got a Dutch there's, Brothers. There's there's two of them within like twenty feet almost. Yeah, yeah, we don't have one. Yet. <laughs> um, you know, have you tried the Lovebirds, Rob? No, I haven't. Have you? They're actually pretty good. Good. All right, I'll have to go. I really enjoy their uh, croissant breakfast sandwiches. They actually get it baked. The uh, croissants are baked locally. Wow. So I was actually pretty impressed by those. The you did one it that is, I, I want to try is they have a blueberry cheese Danish. Mm. Who wears this? Every Lovebirds. single time oh. I've tried to order it, they're out. Ah, must be popular. So that's why that's one of the things I want to try there and just see why they're constantly out of those. <laughs> mm, interesting. But yeah. Uh, or their source just isn't making them. Uh, unless, I don't want to get up at 6 a.m. in the morning to yeah, be just the first to go one try. there to get one, though. <laughs> well, good idea. I have to get up early tomorrow. Maybe I'll, I'll go hit them first thing up in the morning and see if they yeah. have that. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll tell you if it's any good. Let me know your review on it, Rob. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I, I want to shift back a, a little bit. To Are we going to get served? So, hold on. No, hold no. on. I, wanna t- I got two stories that I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks because John just keeps on ranting and raving well, about no. idiotic things <laughs> and continually going on and on and on and on and never stopping at all uh. or even taking a break to breathe. So... Right. You guys heard the Arecibo Observatory is gone? Yeah, oh yeah. We've talked about that. Is that amazing or Maybe what? Maybe I wasn't on that one. Yeah, is, is that it, one was crazy. Is that it was the sad? beginning of this month, yeah. Is it sad? I only know it from Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. But yes, but no, their uh, their cables <laughs> snapped that held their, their center cone, their focusing cone well, in place. It got it got damaged during uh, an earthquake. Oh, it, it, it Really? It, I thought it was a typhoon. Yeah, was, I thought, yeah, I thought something hit. Well, it. The, the, there was a typhoon, and then there, they said that there was a crack that came along from like a, a shift, mm. which would be an earthquake to me. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So it got damaged from that, and then just the uh, it hasn't been used for a few years because of the damage to it. And then it just, yeah, as you said, the cables finally, yeah, gave way. They they only had people there basically monitoring it. To right. See when it was finally going to go. There's a video, right. by the way, of the of the of the cable oh, going. Seen the video. I, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, yeah. I know there is there one. There's a video. You can watch it. Just, it's a shame. I mean, it's real bad. It's it interesting because a few years ago they had the engineers. They, they they had all the plans. I can't remember which university in the United States is involved with it, but uh, they had plans of trying to you know keep it going and updating it and all that. And they had engineers come and take a look at the cable system. It was so bad. Apparently, the engineers ran fleeing from the area. <laughs> afraid, uh, they were afraid that it was going to go at any moment. Uh, oh wow! If they, I guess, I guess they didn't do maintenance on it for a long time. Well, I, I mean, I, if those cables actually snapped and you're nearby, oh my you're not god, be very oh no, yeah, you know, you'd be dead. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near it. Nope. <laughs> I th- I thought they decided that smaller antennas were uh, a larger portion of smaller antennas were bigger than a better than a bigger one. Well, there's supposedly things that the the larger one because China built one. You know, they they. They did, it, and, and it's apparently considerably larger than than that one. And um, there are certain things that it's able to reach in deep space better than than multiple dishes. That was SETI. SETI used it for a while, but then they SETI figured out that more antennas, smaller antennas, piled together so, work better. But yeah. so with as much empty Is land, that like the thing in Alaska. Like the weather center up in Alaska. Is that kind of what they're thinking? Um, kind of, there's, there's, there's all these farms. Yeah. There's all these satellite farms throughout and there's some in Nevada desert, some Arizona desert, some of these big wide open areas in the middle of nowhere where, you know, will they'll they'll position 50 antennas and Mm -hmm. they're able to concentrate 
50 smaller antenna is better than uh, one great big one. Oh, shoot. Now it reminds me of a Charlie Sheen movie, and it's not, it's not First Contact. Oh, anyways, uh, do you think they're going to, re- say, build one? Because as much empty landmass as, as the United States has. Well, this is what's not in the United States. Well, it's I know that was a foreign country. Say, we could make Puerto Rico. It's a foreign country. A foreign ha- country, okay. It just happens to be one that we own. It's All a right, protectorate. Got it, got it, got Legally. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to be truthful, it's a protectorate. It's not really a state, but it's not really, an, it's an entity protected by America. Therefore, okay. it's, you know. I don't care what you want to call it, John. Whatever you want. It's fine with me. Go ahead. You had a point. I'm right. You just can't argue. Uh, You had a point. I just don't know what it is. Um, (laughs) Wow. I think I'm just going to have to switch topics. Oh, geez. That's that's just mean. I mean, so do you think if if it's important enough that how big of a deal it was, we have so much landmass in the United States that's not being used. Is it something that we could do here? Or do you think because a lot of these third, third world countries have less laws, it would be easy to do? I'm not sure it's a regulatory issue. I think it's a fi- financial issue more than anything else. And most of these things are run by universities. And we know that the universities are not doing really well right now either. So it wouldn't be something that would be done in the next decade, I don't think. Imagine it, trying to pay off student loans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, huh? So I, you know, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I, I did was to so, say, why? oh, sorry, one more. James, <laughs> I wanted to steer back because I had an interesting conversation, and James just keeps dragging things on and dragging. All right. like, Come on, let's go. All right, Jesus, John, I'm so sensitive today. <laughs> like Jeremy just talking crap about you, all of a sudden got you all upset. <laughs> so, Who was upset? Um, I just thought my response was funnier. So the Ninth Circuit Court actually did something great. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> Tell so, me what, what do those jokers do? Well. <laughs> They actually said that a former police officer who had his um, private collection of a, of a few hundred firearms that got melted down by the Los Angeles Police Department, the Ninth Circuit Court granted him the ability to sue them. Hmm. Why did this, so, de- this why did detective, I mean, sorry. Now, Detective James Edwards, back in 2004, obtained a court order to destroy more than 300 guns from a former LAPD officer collection. Now, they seized it because they were under the the impression that he had some guns that were illegal. So they obtained a, a court order, went and seized the guns, held them. The former police officer got all of those charges dropped. But they did not return his property. I don't think they legally Now, this to. police officer, Detective James Edwards, obtained a court order and melted him down. Wow. And so the, the former police officer was trying to get him back and uh, found out that they all got melted down. And now he got a, the right to sue the LAPD over it. Hmm. So, so this may not, this is probably here and there. Do you know if he's, uh, is he a person of color or is a white guy? Uh, it doesn't, it didn't say in the article. Cause I'll be honest. I'm hoping he's a person of color. Yeah. Just because I but, think that would be a better court case. But according to the thing, he got the whole thing overturned, you know, the, all the charges dropped overturned and was trying to get his property back and came to find out that, uh, it all got melted down. He's uh, after four point eight million dollars on the lawsuit against the city and the uh, officers named on the on the indictment. I was actually really surprised that the Ninth Circuit Court told him that he has the right to sue. Yeah. Well, the good news on the Ninth Circuit is that we've been able to see a couple appointments of more conservative judges, and yeah. I, I think that's going to help lead them to decisions like. Like you just what was the guy's name again? Which oh, uh, I just closed it. Hold uh, on, I was I was I wanted to write down the court case because I wanted to look more into it. Um, just curious. Oh, I don't know. You, you probably just one second. I'll pull it right there. Uh, so, do you think that's why? Is because of the the recent appointees of more conservative? Yeah, people? absolutely. There are a number both the uh, uh, CRPA and GOC and um, Calgun organizations are all saying that. Uh, 
more likely some decisions regarding Second Amendment issues may hmm. may actually be heard finally uh, sure. properly. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't you know. Who knows? I don't know. But Maybe I can finally legally be able to buy that 50 BMG I wanted, except I'd have to come up with $15,000. So you guys want the bummer part of all of this? Did you hear what Biden said he's going to do? Uh, no. So I just sent it to you in a text, John. Oh, thanks. Biden's going to go ahead and um, he claimed on his very first day, sworn in, he's going to make executive orders banning AR-15s. Oh, I did hear that. Now, yeah. I generally try to talk, not to talk about politics, but this does provide me with an interesting question I want to put out to people out there who listen. You always have, and then Rob, who's, who's an expert at, at anything usually firearm related, you always hear talking about a particular political party wanting to confiscate things, particular firearms. Now, legally, the police and other things can confiscate personal property, sell it, and use said uh, gains from that for them. Ah, oh, that was the case. That was found unconstitutional. Okay, so but so would that? So I guess the question is: Could they legally confiscate something? Confiscate something that's actually legally protected in the Constitution, where cars, a home, all that stuff isn't isn't actually regulated by the Constitution. Doesn't say, you know, right after the the Fifth Amendment, say, oh yeah, you're guaranteed a two car garage, a Ford Mustang, you know. Right. So, executive orders are these funny things that sit out there that presidents have the ability to just. Say, hey, you know what? I don't like the color blue anymore. I'm going to write a law saying you know, no cars can be blue. <laughs> I mean, literally, they could do that. <laughs> and I don't know constitutionally where, where, where that would stand. And it's the same thing with, you know, Biden basically coming out and saying what he said. And, okay, fine, but you're, you're talking about something that's protected by, you know, the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, slightly different than just making arbitrary laws, which they all tend to do. I mean, Obama wrote tons of them. Bush wrote tons of them. Well, um, some of Obama's yeah. has gotten the pushbacks. I know the one regarding the Obamacare got a pretty heavy-duty pushback because of the way they did it. Now, it was kind of a roundabout way to do the pushback versus uh, versus the way I think they should do it. So, well, you're talking about the uh, Obamacare issue. Yeah, and, well, I mean, uh, be, because... I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm saying because of the... I'm not saying they're all bad. Well, I wasn't saying they're bad. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying that but, there are... Well, they're, all, they're all terrible. You know, the fact <laughs> that yeah, the, yeah, they're, the, they're, not, they're not evergreen. Uh, you know, it, and I'm not a... Uh, I, I, gosh, you know, maybe we need to have an attorney, constitutional attorney on sometime to talk more in depth about these issues like can you know keep us in line here but i have a little bit of trouble with these uh, executive orders that the president's able to do and i don't care who's well, in that office it we seems can't, we can't just call them all executive orders i think we did this discussion at, at one point because obama actually did less executive orders than bush but what he did do were referred to as presidential memorandums. So we actually have to bring that up. Okay, as well. sure. So, but those aren't binding. No, those aren't. But they all have the same power as executive orders. That's the problem. Mm. Well, so and, and didn't I discuss this with you on the show? That was point? One, I know I discussed. Yeah. It. Well, you know, hey, it's it's a small world. We keep coming back. So, <laughs> yeah, but anyways. But, the news is cyclical. Yeah, so, so we do kind of have to bring some distinction into that because we're going to have some jackass who pops on here who brings up what I just said, which right. is Obama did less executive orders than Bush. But I wonder if that was ever the found power out. of the presidential memorandum. I wonder if that and was actually. Yeah. So here's something. So. Another Wikipedia. Sorry so, to interrupt everything. <laughs> that's all right. So another Wikipedia thing. It says a presidential memorandum Memorandum is a type of directive issued by the President of the United States to manage and govern the actions, practices, and policies of various departments and agencies found on the, under the executive branch in the United States. It has the force of law and usually and is usually used to delegate task, tasks direct specific government agencies to do something or to start a regulatory regulatory process. There are three types of presidential memorandum memoranda, presidential determination, president, presidential findings, memorandum and disapproval or, okay. 
So now that, so I retract what I said about uh, the Obamacare. So that's what he did to get some of these things. He was pushing yes. back. Mm-hmm. It is. I didn't, I didn't and remember that. Now the problem is I think it was actually Bush who started using them uh, uh, quite frequently. You know who wrote? And then Obama carried that in, and then we even have Trump, who was also using them quite frequently. You know who wrote more? I don't know how many Trump used in comparison, but also Trump only has had four years versus Obama and Bush having eight. True. And then here's here's the the topper of the list so far, Bill Clinton. Yeah. I, I don't know how many he used, but I don't think it was as many as Bush or Obama. So according to... Wikipedia, uh, Bill Clinton wrote 364, George Bush oh, wow. wrote 291. Oh, uh, I thought, I, last I thought I saw, he used more, okay. Um, and Obama wrote 276. So far, now, I don't know what the date is, we'll have to see the date, but Trump's just at around 200. Really? Wow, wow. four years and at 200? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So where everybody else had uh, eight years, so yeah, yeah. Wow. Bush, uh, Trump has definitely are they made, them out. Are they are all of them made public record the moment they are signed, oh, or yeah. there are things that are kept? Uh, okay. So well, other the than last time I looked into these, I, w- I read that it was not as regulated as executive orders. So I don't know how the how they're kept track of. So that that's the thing I don't know. Yeah. So I I was under the impression they weren't as regulated as presidential memory or as executive orders. But no. so no. yeah, I don't know enough about them to really go into depth. Do any of you know if they are evergreen until a particular president <laughs> goes against it, or can Congress and or the Supreme Court actually I deny? Don't know. Because I'm assuming this would be something I'm not not informed on. Well, that's what we're saying. We need a constitutional attorney. I mean, yeah, or somebody in law school that at least can (laughs) talk about this. this? Because I'm looking at another (laughs) site that's kind of saying something different, and this is a statistical. So I don't. Yeah, that's the problem. Is is that there's no real definition on these things, but they carry about as uh, as much weight. From what I understand, as much weight and power as a presidential order. That's the scary thing, is that there's so much muddle that, you know, it, it's it's a swamp. <laughs> it yeah. comes out of the swamp. <laughs> oh. oh, that hurt. That, uh, I, this cannot be right. That, 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 thanks for that, James. Just, just, just what I wanted to hear. Ugh. It's a swamp. It's a swamp. Ugh. Oh, well. You're anyway. welcome. Elizabeth, I'm coming. People are welcome to research this because right now I'm seeing something that just makes no sense. The, well, the, the, the biggest problem with the internet is finding, like, the truth. Mm. It's 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 amazing how difficult it is to Google things because, like, how much stuff is sourced from other sites that's sourced from other sites exactly. that's sorted off of Wikipedia where Wikipedia sorted off some site that was on GeoCities. <laughs> this is some site that supposedly gather statistics and it doesn't make any sense to me because right now it's saying that franklin roosevelt is really the leader of of them all (laughs) i go really wait he's not he is franklin roosevelt yeah (laughs) supposedly i mean i could act that does well well that does Woodrow wilson and then calvin coolidge well roosevelt was the new deal guy though i could see that because you know you have you have four know. years in office practically. An annual average, supposedly, he had an annual average of three hundred and seven executive orders. See, that makes sense though, because he was trying yeah. to get everything. Wasn't he trying to get everything Good back going? And, well, yeah, but that's so, insane. So Bill Clinton had an annual. This to make a difference. Bill Clinton's annual average was forty six. So, and, and Franklin Roosevelt's was. 307. Wow. No kidding. That's like, that's an incredible difference. Wow. I mean, so yeah, go look at his presidency to see exactly what he was up against to really make a, 
well, make an informed decision as to whether or not I'm okay with that or not. Well, you know, the other thing you I know. want to know, I want to know if the Supreme Court has made decisions on these executive orders and, you know, basically saying, no, sorry, <laughs> you can write what you want, but I mean, I don't understand well, where does that fall? Well, if it, if it's attached to a law, then it would have to, like, cause can't, if I remember correctly, and this is, this I'm, was 20 plus, stupid if right this now. was planned 20 yeah, but, plus years ago that they can, he can add like modified laws with a presidential order or something like it can't create new laws, but can modify laws. I thought, so like you could, if there's a law, say banning this, you can say, okay, you should be able to write in the law. You could, uh, banning, you know, maybe. I'm, I'm like I said right now. I feel like I had a stupid moment. I do not understand. Don't even understand it anymore. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Now you know where I've been at for a while with these things. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So that's All that's right, that's your that's your the old guy's opinion on transistance. Transubstantiation? I really butchered that. Oh boy, you sure did. Transubstantiation. Transcendental. Yes. Yeah, transcendental. Oh, <laughs> uh, executive orders one or one. What are they and how? <laughs> I gotta re. I gotta go back to <laughs> dumb hell high school government. Dumbhead. Yeah, one hundred and one to find out what the heck is an executive order. You know, now the thing I gotta say is. I don't think I learned about pres presidential I, orders, and I know I did not learn about presidential mem mem presidential memorandums in high school. Yeah, I agree. They with didn't you. teach it in government. All right, so here's the definition of an executive order. It is a directive from the president that has as much of the same power as a federal law. Yeah, that is my understanding on so he could actually make it a law to make it illegal to wear white after Labor Day. I was just, that, that was my point yeah. when I talked about blue. <laughs> I mean, you know. If he wants to. <laughs> okay, He's so. Including one Supreme Court decision that, okay, hold on. Uh, okay. Much power as a federal law. Several landmark moments in American history come about directly from the use of executive orders issued from the White House desk, including one Supreme Court decision that limited a presidential executive order issued by Harry Truman. <laughs> wow. Uh, so in President Trump's case, his executive order on Obamacare allows federal agencies to take all actions <clears throat> consistent with law to minimize the unwarranted economic and regulatory burdens of the Affordable Care Act. Okay, this is getting too muddled for me. <laughs> okay, uh, so this will be homework for a another episode. I can see there's way too much reading in this to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I don't understand presidential memory. Yeah, I just, orders. Mm -mm. Good luck with that. My, my, eyes are, my, my eyes are fogging over yeah, as we speak. Mine are starting to cross already. <laughs> I, can see the, I can see the white light. Of course, there's a giant LED panel so above So Abraham me. Lincoln apparently suspended the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War using an executive order. Really? Yeah. Huh. So did he retract it? Uh, well, I think he died before that happened. I think. Or did, or did, no, or did he, I guess I should say that's true. He just, he just, you know, yeah, lost he, his head. He kind of, oh, um, too soon. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too soon is right. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still not over that. We're not done healing for any Lincoln yet. I mean, if you, well, depending on the Southern you talk about, you, the Southern person, oh, like, you know, it. the South will rise again. I love it. That was good. Um, so did you hear the, that the, not all things are peachy keen with Howard Stern show? I thought he got a, a five-year renewal. Oh, he did, but apparently <clears throat> what I read slightly this morning is there's a lot of past employees that are saying he's not Mr. Old Roses and... <laughs> is anybody Who surprised? he was... Ah. He had a, he had a, used to have an orgasm chair. I mean, so that's there's he's a well, shock jock. That's you know it, it is amazing that I, I hadn't really heard of any lawsuits or payouts or whatever it may have been from his past behavior on his shows. Uh, but apparently now there are former employees 
of Howard Stern and Howard Stern shows are saying uh, it's a hostile work environment. Oh, so it's like Ellen DeGeneres. I'm not, I'm not surprised. That wouldn't surprise me either. Well, it's like, that that makes sense, because Ellen DeGeneres' show apparently now is officially tanking with all the news coming out, how how such an evil... Uh, Isn't that old news? I think she got re-upped and everything's back now. Her shows are doing... Uh, last time I heard recently, uh, reading, her shows aren't doing really well, number-wise. Well, I mean, can she do shows now? It's all virtual. So, I mean, you can't even go to a, a, well, I mean, a taping. But you, you're still... So everybody's tanking if you go by that matrix. Well, see, the only problem is like if you like if you like Ellen, you're gonna watch Ellen. The only problem is I heard there's so many people. Like, there's been so much stuff said badly about her that her audience is retracting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't because know. it's 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 because when you watch a show, you're you're watching for. I think every one of these stars get a prima donna moment in their lives, where they start believing their own publicity. To be honest with you, yeah. you know, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, I, I mean, what the heck? I mean, she's she was everywhere and every popular and everybody loved her, and I think she believed it. I can, <laughs> I can totally see that because especially uh, the, the Richard Dean Anderson was a joke, but I know two people, one sitting in front of me, who have run into him over the years. And yeah. the other one was a guy I used to work with at a big box store. His friend ran into him and basically said the the thing that the old guy said is Richard Dean Anderson is his biggest fan. Yeah, Rich, Richard really loved himself. I will well, tell you stop that. Stop running into the poor guy. So it was <laughs> so it was self love. Yeah, he he Richard, truly Richard really loved himself. He, he was just you know. Wonder what he's doing now. Trying to find the pleasure in everyday life. There must be, you know. Hopefully, he's well. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he looked like the Goodyear blimp, according to the pictures I saw. I kind of liked huh. the guy to be. I mean, I, I liked his roles. Let's put it this way: the last, uh, the uh, what, what, what's the thing with the Atlantis? <laughs> I forgot the series. Oh, um, uh, Stargate. Stargate. Yeah, I, I liked uh. him in Stargate, but whatever. You know. You bring up an interesting thing. Like he was, he was a giant thing in the eighties with MacGyver, just like Hulk Hogan, Mr. T. He was a cultural icon mm -hmm. who died just about as fast, like career wise. Yeah, but, uh, actually, no, actually he had pretty good longevity. I just don't think Stargate lasted long in the popular well, Stargate was around, I think, for like eight seasons. That's it was longer than that. Or, well, but with him. No, I thought it was... A, hold on, it's a... Check it out, because, you know, he, he didn't end up... He, he got booted off that show at, towards the ending, too, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong. Who knows? I'm not a TV aficionado. It's not working um <laughs> i'm having issues oh no google's I, letting us down the I, google died you know it's funny i it's just the difference between media i can type insanely fast in a keyboard give me that stupid screen and i'm like six all over again trying to learn <laughs> how to type it's it's i don't know how anybody types fast on a screen it just does not work for me so what's the what's the latest generation now called because there, there's millennials and gen x and some other things right i don't i don't even know what they're called i now. think aren't james uh james's son and my son i think are in the same generation so what? that's a good question the, the only reason i bring that up there was some tv show we watched the other night and they were uh, there was a younger person making fun of people years in james's age you know they and she one of the things she says oh you guys probably have facebook pages too <laughs> i mean really really digging on this person your age and i just had to sit back and laugh because i thought it was funny <laughs> you guys huh. are now officially old my my so, so my, you my, made me look yeah because john's google obviously isn't working and according <laughs> to what i found <clears throat> is richard dean anderson is dividing his time between vancouver british columbia los angeles and minnesota and from all reports, he's retired. Good for him. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that picture of him. There's so, uh, I mean, um, his net worth is $30 million, ugh, well, so, no I mean, that's good enough to retire on. He's fine. He's doing fine. <laughs> yeah. He's doing fine. <laughs> yeah. There's one picture of him heavy, and I'm not going to make fun of that because I had pictures of me that looked like that, too. So I'm, I'm on... <laughs> 
I'm only slightly poking fun, you know, no, just because. No, no, no. I wish him the best. I really, like I said, other than the fact that I had some run-ins with him. Well, because I was. And he was his own best friend. Let's just put it that way. So I was, I've always was a big fan. So let's see. So Stargate. So it was from 97 to 2006. Nine years. I was on and off by a year. It says 10 years, which I swear it was on longer than that, but I guess not. And and he didn't even end up being at the, I don't think, the last two seasons. It was at. Because um, he quit to be with his daughter. Got that poor other. Yeah. <clears throat> I forgot the other guy's name. So, anyway. I guess James is considered a Gen Z. Gen Z. Okay. The snoozing so generation. Be- and how old is James? He is just turned seven, so okay. that can that does. Be, so there's a little hyphen between two, 2012 and 2015. So he falls into that Ooh. 2015 section, falls right in there. So considered Gen Z still, I guess. So that's 97 to 2015. Is so Gen Z birth the eight years wow. they say is nineteen ninety five to two thousand nineteen. Currently age four to twenty four is Gen Z. Yeah. So and I guess John and I fall in Gen Y, but we're more of Gen X. So <laughs> Because technically technically we're millennials. James's sister actually yeah. posted something on Facebook years ago, um, which I thought was a perfect description of us would be Xennials, because we were Close enough to the, the Gen X, but we're millennials. So you were the wise. Yeah, we're the last generation who went outside to play and came back, the lights came on, except if you, you lived around here, you were listening to Mountain Lions, um, you know, blockbuster video, you know, basically uh-huh. the, the last people to live in an analog world. So the yeah. way I see it explains, I don't, I probably, I'm going to be a goldfish and not remember it as soon as I look away from the screen, but it's <laughs> boomers. Gen X, Gen Ys, then Gen Zs. Okay, boomer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a boomer. I'm the boomer in the group. <laughs> yeah, he he was there when the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. You know, I was. He remembers the Alamo. I don't remember that. I still remember going under my desk for some kind of funny test that, you know, the atomic bombs are going to come and that was going to save you. He actually knows what Remember the Main was about. He just needed a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. we had refrigerators door but those door handles they locked <laughs> you so you went in a refrigerator you were getting out <laughs> yeah they didn't have those safety no no yeah. it's funny you mentioned that there's an episode don't need safety there's an episode of dragnet was it dragnet dragnet could be it's either it's either dragnet adam 12 where um this guy had one of those old school refrigerators and the car and they said you're going to take that apart because kids can get stuck. The, the, the PSA moment. Yeah, that, that was a big PSA thing then. Because if you watch TV shows, when there's this odd thing that kind of doesn't fit, that's why. That they're, they're, you know, it's. Yeah, no, that was a real thing. Unfortunately, many children, not many, some ch- children died because of that and finally dawned on people that we don't need to make a refrigerator lockable. <laughs> I just, I, however, I, I, there have been instances of my uh, of, of of my life when I'm thinking if I had a lockable refrigerator, it would definitely save me money. <laughs> well, but it wasn't like it was a padlock on it. It was you know, it was more like your front door where it just closed and it locked, right? But you couldn't didn't have a knob on the other side to open it up. So it, it'd be the, for you, John. You'd you'd go in your house and you'd never leave. <laughs> oh man, so. <clears throat> As we're, we're coming up to a a, a close. <laughs> oh, no. We're coming up to a close, we got, we and Christmas close. is coming up soon. Christmas. And I was kind of thinking. Are you guys listening to Christmas music? Yes, a little bit. Are you? No. I haven't nope. either yet. And I, good. So John's at least listening. To, that's good. Well, my. Because you my, have a. Well, uh, my wife. James, aren't you giving James an education on Christmas music? Is Jimi no. Hendrix playing Christmas Why music? Why not? It's a tradition. I don't want to torture the kids. (laughs) Oh, there's good Christmas music out there too. Well, first you'd have to get James somewhere. First you have to get James to celebrate Christmas. They call the internet. Um, 
Well, iTunes. <laughs> well, I guess I, I wanted to is because this year's this 2020 has just been a bitch and in, in mm-hmm. every aspect of the word. And I wanted to say the C word, but considering how Christmas? many. No, it's, it starts. <laughs> that's just, just that's the C word. Yeah, but it's. The, I know you spell it with a K, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was going to say it's it's how Australians say hello. Um, but I know enough women who listen to the show. I might get a lot of dirty and mad emails. No, we don't want to be. Um, just put your jelly bellies in your fanny pack. There's <laughs> oh, <laughs> a South African lady who's going to th- threaten to stab me with a knitting needle. Now, um, is there anything that you remember at Christmas that you were like grateful for, shocked for? Any present present you're just like that you remember still? To me, it was a TV. It was a Magnavox TV that I still remember because I remember the advertisement because the advertisement was, are your commercials too loud? Hit this button. We normalize all audio. And all it did was turn everything down. Hmm. So if you're, if your commercials are loud, you're, and, and if your commercials are quiet, you couldn't hear the TV, the, 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 the show. Huh? Uh, so your question uh, was, I'm sorry, I missed there, it. <laughs> is there something of Christmas that we are fond of? You, you remember. Fond memory. Hey, you're... Hey, can you try... I'm, I'm, this episode's going to get pulled. You better pause that. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to play some Christmas music. Um... So there... Uh, is there any Christmas, this... Christmas gift or memory? Something that, that... For me, it was like a gift. It's one of the things I remember. There's a few other things, but I want, I, but it's like that gift I remember. Boy, isn't that sad? You know, uh, I remember as a as a child being excited about Christmas, being almost overly excited about Christmas. Um, but I think there is still a stage of wonderment, and I, I shouldn't say that because I think you guys probably had pretty decent Christmases or Hanukkahs, whatever it may have been. Um, I don't, I don't have any one that stands out because I've got too many. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, um, well, James uh, thinks of the, his. I got one. I would thing. just say, you know, like for me, it was, I enjoyed visiting my grandparents, my mom's side of the family. My dad's side, we never really went to on Christmas very often. But my my mom's grand, my mom's parents, my grandparents there, we would go there every year and she always had a tree. She would always give us some money you know and presents and stuff and gold coins that's what no, i enjoyed cool. so that was, that was about for me <laughs> yeah was visiting them but yeah that's a good memory me and my grandpa would get cranky sometimes but my grandma was always sweet and nice and my grandpa had his moments of having fun with everything but just getting old james we yeah. all get cranky <laughs> i know um the other thing for me that I remember is for a while there, I was buying Christmas dinner. I remember every Christmas dinner I've ever purchased. Um, yeah, more, was, more than that was your gift more than any, more than, but you were an adult more than gifts. Um, well, it's just, it, 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 part of it is just growing up in the church. And it was that atmosphere of as much as I make fun of Baptists, just cause they're, they're, they're wonderful people. It's that, that atmosphere of dinner of of communion of fellowship that you get in there in the holidays that you may not get regularly it's the sharing a meal that's just, just is really big and big to me that i i remember that that gift of food because yeah. yeah you know it's the old it's the old joke and it was probably true of me you know my dad could have bought me a seven thousand dollar present and i just wanted the box and my son's kind of the same way so it's and the one you're th- buying your son seven thousand dollar boxes Yes. <laughs> Don't tell Laura. I wanted that gun. Um, it's <laughs> That's a big gun. <laughs> it's it's the, the one thing I love about having a little kid is that uh, sense of joy uh, that I thoroughly miss because I, 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 I remember loving Christmas. I remember being excited. I remember my sister and I, um, oddly enough, fi- finding killer clowns from outer space on television every Christmas and watching it. Um, and I, I miss Christmas that. Christmas was for children. And, and, and that was yeah. the same thing for us. As far as I'm concerned, when you guys were children, it, it was it was all about that. I, as far as I think. It's, it's for kids. It's for children. I'm not saying that, you know, adults can't enjoy it too, but it really makes a difference. No, yeah, no, they can't. James says no. <laughs> and uh, so, and there are little traditions. I mean, my family had 
which I look back at now <laughs> thinking about why I never figured this out, but we had a Christmas morning tradition of bagels, cheese, lox bagels and cream cheese every Christmas morning. That's, and, what, my gra- that's what my mom does. Yeah. And, and, uh, but you got to understand that was happening before I f- knew I was Jewish because <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Remember? <laughs> so it was a little strange. Uh, I look back at that now and I go, hmm, uh, I'm not the brightest bulb in the, in the pack. Well, could... I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> so if, if anybody's actually listening to this, no matter the year or the time or, or the month you're listening to this, I, I hope you all actually answer that question. Is there a gift a Christmas or a memory of Christmas? Um, you know, cause I posted a, on a, a website of mine that's no longer around. Like the, the important part of Christmas is also remembering those you don't have and the memories you had with them and that, that food and the family and togetherness. And I've got a, a number of people who I miss gratefully that I wish that I had one more chance to share a cup of coffee with or, or something. So I'm going to leave you this on this, on this note is I hope, you guys, if you can, whether by FaceTime or in person, take a chance to tell that person you haven't seen in a while, I love you, because it's amazing how much those three words can change anybody's life. And from the California pariah, the fat man, and an old guy, as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.